0: Welcome to Unethical Podcasts. hi guys hey how you hey, doing
1: Celeste. nice to see you i haven't seen you in a long time yeah it's been a while yeah
0: yeah we do we do that it's a gag for everybody listening we record two episodes a night they have in fact seen me for the last two hours
1: oh where
0: what, where was i sorry to ruin the magic
1: it was three hours and i remember every last minute because i liked it
0: that's showbiz
2: baby
1: Yeah, yeah baby
2: i repressed everything you repressed everything
0: <laughs> Uh,
2: honestly i'm not surprised it is in tally's box for life tally's box
1: (laughs) what's in tally's box
0: as long as it's not hot coffee
1: yeah fuck that yeah no
0: don't put coffee in your box
1: Hmm. not after last time
0: (laughs) fool me once shame (laughs) my name isn't pandora so you guys know nancy from the facebook group
1: Nancy Ann Taylor.
0: That's the one.
1: Yeah, she's great. She's fun. Hi, Nancy. Hey, Nance.
0: Cool lady. She did, however, call us out, though, because uh, we are elitist pricks. Oh, yay. Why? She suggested that perhaps we should cover more international cases and not be so North America focused. And she is not wrong.
1: She's completely right. I don't even like North Americans. Some Mexicans are the worst ones. Um,
2: I'm going to go ahead and say Americans are the worst ones. <laughs> As an American,
0: I'm going to have to disagree with that. And okay, say, fine.
1: Mexicans are actually awesome. It's the Americans that suck. You're right.
0: We learned a lot about Mexicans in our uh, episode with Mike from Mexican prison. So
1: it seems like
0: a great place. Yeah, nice place. Kids running around, rats coming out of the toilet. Three stars.
1: Uncle Mushroom, that guy.
0: Ah, uh, huge bush.
1: Uh, but thanks Nancy for the suggestion. And we do international things. I'll look up something international. Next thing I write for dicks. I got a couple things in line, but I will think of something international. Good idea. Jack the Ripper's international. There you go. Is Nancy
0: American? She is born in America. She's been living in Denmark. Yeah.
2: Well, I just want you know, now she she understands that uh, my American
0: mind can't really think internationally. You say you would say
2: can't do it.
0: <laughs> It is the center of the universe.
2: Stop telling us we're special. That caused an issue a long time ago.
0: <laughs> Make America go away. Yeah. That's what that stands for. Magua? Mega. Making America go away.
2: We'll be America, Canada.
0: Um, no, thank you. We don't want you. Respectfully. We need your help. You should have thought of that before you were born American. Damn it.
2: Yeah. Thanks a lot, great-great-great-great-grandma Ida.
1: I don't want to call her a bitch because she's your great-great-great-grandma, but we're all thinking it.
2: She's dead. It's okay when they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) 1871, she hopped on a ship and came over here. And here I am. Funny how that
0: works. (laughs) Yeah. Time. Sequential. There's... Stoners are losing it right now.
1: It's gonna be of like generations of dumb shit being said in Minnesota. That's all I heard of
2: that. (laughs) (laughs) It's already happening.
0: All right, so we're going to France. old Petty. Yes, Gay Petty. In fact,
1: what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Happy Paris (laughs) in French.
0: We. Je suis un poisson rouge. What did you call me? A goldfish. Yes. Okay. All right.
1: Are we going to do like a f- tire French episode? Comment ça va, Tali? I can't speak French. Well, okay, fine. We'll move on. kind of Canadian are you?
0: A Western one. <laughs> Yeehaw.
1: Yeehaw, comrade.
0: Okay, yeah, so... Here we are in France, land of the baguettes and the um, unshaved armpits. Berets, human trafficking.
1: Oh, good. This is what we're doing. It's
0: not, actually.
1: Oh, okay. Even better.
0: Not today, anyway. It was Friday the 13th in Paris, France. The France versus Germany soccer game was scheduled that evening, and it was a huge local draw. The capacity of the stadium was 80,000 people and it was nearly full. 72,000 attendees. Three men were turned away at the gate as the spectators flooded in because they didn't have tickets. They all said, I have to go in, but this did not sway the gate attendant. So they continued to move from gate to gate, trying again and again to sneak in but failing. One of them eventually left and walked to a nearby cafe. The others continued to try to enter the stadium. At 9.20 p.m., about 20 minutes after the game had started, the first man is finally patted down by the security guard after several attempts, and the attendant discovered that he was, in fact, wearing an explosive device. And within seconds, the man detonated the device, killing himself and one bystander and injuring more. That's right, folks. It's the Paris terrorist attacks.
1: This is a sad one. I heard
2: belts that have explosives in them was last season.
1: Did you just make a fashion? They're out of fashion? (laughs) Okay. Uh, All the terrorists are now wearing uh, shrapnel shooting vests. What are you doing with explosive vests, you chump? You should be killing people with nails. This is 2021, not 2017. Get the fuck out of here.
0: I'm just saying, I heard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: You joke, but I think that explosive vests are actually coming more and more into fashion all the time.
1: Oh, God. It's guerrilla warfare, man. We're, uh, if you feel that desperate and there's no way to fight the man, you start to do shit like this and it's scary, but it's, the tactic works. I, I don't want to say it's... Uh, good to do or but it, it's a tactic it's a military tactic this shit it's scary
0: yeah i think there's nothing more dangerous than making people no longer fear death
1: no they, they did that in japan during world war ii making them like the kamikazes, kamikazes and yeah and they would kill the fuck out of people one one plane would go with a bunch of explosives and blow up giant ships just because the one guy wasn't scared of dying anymore so you could lose save so many lives by like defearing one person So scared so scary.
2: Yeah. I don't know how someone can be brainwashed that heavily. I mean, I do, but I, you know what I'm saying? I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand it.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine being radicalized to the point where you blow yourself up though. Like I agree with you, Tali. It's crazy.
2: My thoughts are going wild. So I'm just waiting for him to calm down.
0: <laughs> this is going to be a really stressful one. Yeah. I'm right. Re- I'm ready. Trigger warning for listeners. This, this does not get better. This gets worse. Much worse. But I think it deserves to be talked about. And
2: we have you to guide us through.
0: Okay. The second man, who was outside of the stadium, stood by one of the entrances and waited for the spectators to come flooding out. But no one did. They had heard the explosion, but no one realized what was happening yet. He, the second man, detonated his device at 9.30 p.m., injuring no one and killing himself. Good job. And he was in which, which location? He was standing outside one of the entrances to the stadium waiting for people inside to come flooding out because they were scared by the sound of the first explosion. Yeah.
1: Oh. And he just blew himself up anyway. He didn't just wait. They would eventually
0: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> He's not here to ask questions. Yeah, I don't I don't know. He 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 missed that day in orientation. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, security at the stadium decided that it was best not to inform any of the attendees of the situation. So as not to cause a panic inside the stadium, 72,000 people can easily kill each other in a panic by accident. So they continue to watch the game, totally unaware. But the president of France, who was in attendance, was discreetly rushed to safety. When the game was over, the spectators were held in the stadium to await evacuation. At 9.25 p.m., a bar called the Carry I'm not French, I'm going to do my best to say these the way that I learned them, the carry, carry On, was packed with people watching the soccer game and drinking on a Friday night. Carry Yes, that's correct. One of the people at the bar noticed on the screen that one of the players suddenly stopped playing in the middle of the game. They didn't kick the ball when they should have. And he could hear that a loud bang went off in the background on the television. Neither the player nor the patron knew that this was because of the explosion outside the stadium. But suddenly, three or four loud bangs rang out in the bar. Despite the festivities, people knew that it was not fireworks, and panic ensued immediately. At first, the shots were outside, where the gunmen first killed the driver of the vehicle in front of them, and then they opened fire on the outdoor patio. But the shooters were very soon inside the bar, moving through the bar and firing shots as they moved to the back. Once the attack was complete, they were there for a total of one minute. The assailants calmly left and sped away in a vehicle that was waiting outside.
1: So, so scary. What how much devastation could be wrought in one minute, you know? One minute we just sit here and we waste a minute just chit-chatting about nothing, but like, I don't know what your numbers are on that, but that sounds like at least double digits dead, you know?
0: I guess we'll find out. In a minute. So a paramedic who was helping an injured shopper at a Fran pre supermarket across the street, adjacent to the bar, immediately called for emergency response when the shooting stopped. He hadn't seen the attack in the bar, but he had obviously heard it and he had seen glass breaking and bullets flying. So he knew right away, this was going to be bad. He called for basically all hands on deck. The unharmed in the bar immediately jumped into action to try to help the injured and dead while they waited for help to come, including the paramedics themselves who had rushed over from the supermarket across the street. And these people were all in shock themselves, but a few lives were definitely saved by them. These people are absolute heroes.
2: That's awesome. Yep, that's that's how you do it. You just don't think about it. Just do whatever you think is helpful at the moment. It's really all you can do in a panic situation like that when you don't even know what's going on yet. Like just something terrible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. At 9.32 p.m., the three gunmen opened fire in front of the Café Bombier at La Casa Nostra Pizzeria. These uh, this time they didn't enter the restaurant; they just pulled up, started shooting, and they were gone within seconds. There aren't even any witness statements in association with this. That's how fast it was over.
1: It's crazy. How many assailants are we up to now? Like yeah. freaking ten.
0: Three men outside the stadium um two of them are now dead one of them fucked off somewhere and then there are the same three men at all of these cafes
1: oh, okay okay it's not different people like in different trucks it's one set of three people i gotcha
0: yes a few minutes away at la belle equipe bistro was uh It was was really busy that night. There was actually two large parties holding celebrations, one for business and one for a birthday. Many of the locals were also there enjoying the soccer game. This restaurant only sat 28 people, but it was packed. At 9.36 p.m., two men opened fire outside. One of the men was firing directly into the restaurant. And another man was standing on the street, firing at anyone who passed by, pedestrians and vehicles. The third man then joined. He crossed over the barriers. Once the first man had finished shooting, he crossed over the barriers into the restaurant. And he was walking past the people who were lying on the ground and firing shots into anyone who was still moving. One at a time. The three men then jumped into their car and fled the scene once again. But also once again, another hero emerges. The man who lived upstairs above the restaurant got all of the medical supplies he had and he ran down to help the injured. What a guy.
1: That's nice. At least there's someone.
0: Yeah. There were survivors. So those people probably helped too. I don't know. 9.39 p.m. at La Comtois Voltaire. A man walks into a bar. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Ah!
1: Was there a was there a rabbi and a priest?
2: Blonde redhead and a (laughs) brunette.
0: Ouch! Because a waitress walked over to speak to him, and without hesitation, he detonated a bomb strapped to his body.
1: Celeste you're not good at these jokes. Um
0: <laughs> what? That was like that was a punchline.
1: I'm I'm joking. <laughs> Did it
0: bomb? Did my joke bomb? <laughs> so uh despite her proximity to the bomber, she survived, but she was very badly injured. The man died instantly. So the patrons immediately started shouting for the gas to be shut off, thinking that it was a gas main explosion. Not realizing what had happened, one of the men in the bar ran over to the bomber and began trying to save him. He removed the man's jacket to try and perform chest compressions, and he found the remnants of the device, and he realizes it's been an attack. And then he just kept on trying to save him.
1: Oh, man. Amen.
0: He didn't stop. Whether it was shock, (sighs) he just kept going.
1: The French people after this attack were all sorry that this happened to you guys and you feel like you need to do this. We still love you anyway. France is a stronger country than us, man.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm going to say it's full of integrity and they don't even have to say so.
1: Yeah.
0: This story, you know, as gut wrenching as it was for me to learn about and hear about from all these first-person accounts, the display of humanity and of, like, camaraderie from the French people during the attacks and afterwards is a privilege to learn about. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. There's that one video with the little girl whose mom got killed, and she's like, I'm sorry that this happened. I'm, I'm not mad at you or whatever. I couldn't believe it. She was like seven or something, I'd be devastated.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, I mean it's a tough position because you know that the for the forces in the M- the Middle East are getting stronger all the time. At this point, it's kind of like, what do we do here? Anything we do is gonna escalate the situation. Maybe all we can try to do is try to de-escalate it.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say something similar. It's like I I personally don't think I could, you know, go at it with grace when it came to me with disgrace, you know? I I'd, I'd have a hard time finding kindness
0: after that. When I was in Europe, the people on the street were openly rude to Muslims and derogatory towards them. I don't think that this is tolerance. I think this is self-preservation.
2: That makes sense.
1: France is uh, like such a cultured country that like trying to come in and burst in with your culture is not going to work with them. You know, it's got such a long, rich history and trying to like blow yourself up into like I, 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 I kind of my point is the culture of France is feeling threatened by the Muslims so they're being dickheads. You know what I mean? Like when you said you're there openly bad over there, it's probably because so much culture is already there. as much as it sounds terrible.
0: I, I understand that. I just, I don't know. That's just my impression. Anyway, at 9 53 PM, the third man from the stadium, he went to the events cafe from the stadium. The cafe exploded. He exploded. He injured over 50 people and killed himself in the process. The theory is that he was waiting to see if people would flood out of the stadium so that he could return to it and then detonate his device there. But he could see in the cafe on the TV that it hadn't happened in the last 30 minutes. And so he just decided this is as good a place as any. (sighs) Now, unfortunately, not everyone in Paris is into sports. Paris has a very diverse night scene and at 9 49 p.m ears were already ringing inside the bataclan theater american rock band eagles of death metal were bringing down the house in front of an audience of about 1500 people
1: i love eagles of death metal it's one of my favorite bands it's uh super scary
0: i've never heard of them me neither
2: cool that someone listens to them yeah
1: I saw Vice, the Vice thing with, I didn't watch the whole three-part documentary, but I did see the Vice interview with the uh, Eagles death metal dudes and it was very sad. Yeah. Now you said you never heard of Eagles death metal. Like you heard of Queens of the Stone Age, right? Nope.
0: Yes.
2: You
1: Yeah. Well, basically the lead singer, Josh Homme, hum, Homie, he's, uh, he was the original like drummer for Eagles of death metal. But they're like super affiliated band, right? Like they're with... So it's basically... It sounds like Queens of the Stone Age just more like indie than that. It's not like... Cool. Is he good looking? Josh Homie or...
2: Well, yeah, with the last name like Homie, you have to wonder.
1: <laughs> you think homies are hot? Good times.
2: What? Oh, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> 50 cents. Cool. 50 cents for homies yeah outside the venue there was a patio area where people were enjoying beers and cocktails with their friends a black sedan had been sitting in front of the venue on the other side of the street for about an hour witnesses say and no one realized anyone was inside until suddenly three men exited the vehicle carrying assault rifles and they opened fire on the patrons on the patio one of the men who was on the patio ran inside to try to warn the people in the loud very loud concert hall that the gunmen were coming and the audience at first thought the sound it was loud like firecrackers they thought it was part of you know the heavy metal show man
1: yeah like the, the uh what do they call it fire not fireworks but the pyrotechnics pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. pyrotechnics yeah
0: yeah that's what they thought at first until the band suddenly stopped playing and bolted from the stage then they knew they were fucked thanks for not mentioning anything yeah they knew they knew we're fucked we're out of here at nine fifty p.m an absolute hailstorm of bullets flew into the crowd from all three men. Jeez. One of the uh, audience members ran and opened the fire exit, but the door was so narrow that the people who managed to actually trickle out were very few before one of the gunmen opened opened fire in front of the exit and created a literal blockage of bodies. Some of the people in the upper balcony were able to escape by crawling out an upper level window But the drop was high, and so the process was very slow. Uh, Many of the concertgoers who've spoken about the incident say that they survived by hiding under the bodies of the people who had already fallen. So at one point, the gunfire did stop, and some people believed that the shooting was over, so they got up to run. But the gunmen were actually just reloading and giving them an opportunity to give themselves away, which they did oh that is just so
2: tragic
1: just just play dead man this uh uh, it's hard to say because you're terrified you want to run out like what do i know i wasn't there but i mean you feel like just take some blood from the guy beside you rub it on your face and pretend you're dead until like tomorrow morning you know (laughs) until as long as you possibly can
2: until you hear like officials talking to each other you know until it sounds legit yeah, but you, but they could even have tactics like that. They could even walk around going, "Is it clear? Kr, do you have any dead? You know, like it sounds like these guys are well organized, just to yeah. know to take out the biggest group as it forms."
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's easy to say whatever we want, but we weren't there. Like I've never experienced terror like that to that extreme. You know, so I don't know how I'd react. I might have been. Eh! Who knows? Like I would just hide in the corner, and piss my pants. I don't know. Richard runs out of his shoes.
2: <laughs> like goodbye. There's a cloud like of a smoke. Cartoon, yeah, yeah. just a cloud of smoke left behind
0: him and some beard hair. He runs straight out of his beard. It comically <laughs> spins and falls to the ground.
1: No, it just catches up with me. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> Throws little beard legs and just. Do, 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 do.
2: <laughs> this isn't funny it's richard's beard it's kind of funny okay it's kind of funny funny. richard in high pressure situations
1: you're gonna miss it when it's gone
0: is that a threat well you're gonna save it right and then we're gonna send it to the patrons
1: (laughs) yeah side tangent i i gave away (sighs) i did a show princess show one time and i each time i went up between acts i I transformed more into a princess like I had a princess dress and everything but the first time I went up I shaved my face and then every show between acts I give away like I call it prizes but it's shit I want to get out of my house Uh so I just I gave away my beard I gave away my beard hair and some lady was so pumped to win it (laughs) so it would be the first time I've given away my beard to my fans just so you know
0: cool we'll do that (laughs) we'll add it as our as a membership
2: she probably has one of those um hobbies where like she reincarnates doll
0: like brat dolls you know to make them oh. look more oh yeah reincarnates is a weird word to use Wanna know what
1: she said she was like my teenage son is gonna like this and I was like your teenage son is gonna well like he's him.
0: probably late developer he hasn't grown any pubes yet <laughs> you, like call it opposite wax
1: nobody's gonna make fun of me in the locker
2: room anymore check out these long pubes I can braid them
0: huge bush
1: Huge, huge, huge! Can't even bush. see my dick
0: anymore. It's so huge. <laughs> for real though, I think in this situation, I I know everyone's instinct in this situation is usually to hit the floor. Most people are more likely to hit the floor than they are to run. Yeah, I think for me, that would be my instinct too. I would lay on the ground and then wait for somebody dead to fall and then just get under him. Bye.
1: I think. But I mean, uh, what I was talking about wasn't, I think we all going to hit the floor, but when you stop hearing gunshots is the reaction. I like, I feel like uh, I'm talking like just lay there until someone comes, but I think maybe I might got up and ran, you know, I don't know. So I feel bad for being like, just lay down, but it's my instinct to say that, but to actually do that in complete terror, I don't think I would. I think I'd try to get the furthest away as possible.
0: Yeah. It's like your common sense, but at the same time, you might be like, I probably have a better chance of getting away from the gun altogether than hoping they don't just fire into the pile.
1: Yeah. I think I would just like, wait till they got close, kick him like Jack Bauer, take his gun, no, shoot the other terrorists no. run out and then no, that would no not
0: would. happen.
2: I think, I think it's all up to chance and you could be making the best decision you possibly could at that point, but yeah. all it takes is one vantage point and one Minute
1: drama callback. Trauma
2: callback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've had one trauma, yes. How about second trauma? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, let's get sad again. All right. So in the Netflix Limited series, November 13th, Attack on Paris. One woman recounts that her and about 50 other people in the theater, including her partner, managed to flee into a dressing room that had a false ceiling. And they began climbing up into it and escaping. But this poor woman couldn't do it because she was quite a big lady. So instead of pushing her aside and leaving her, the people in the room tried to help her first. They kept trying to help her to make sure that she could get up to escape, and she did. She made it. They got her through. She was a mother. Awesome. Good
1: for them. Good for her. Good for awesome. them. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's it's like I don't know. let see. I'm trying to think. Would I just be like, "See you later, fucker," and just run away? Uh, Self preservation, or would I help? I, I hope I would help. Th- that is the complete opposite of John Basso. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, is for sure. She's so mad. About I told him, you so. being fat would kill you. <laughs> bra, bra, bra. Yeah,
2: not unless you have a bunch of nice people who are going to
0: hang out and help you. I'm moving to France. Same piece. So one of the gunmen got up on the stage of the hall and he continued to open fire on anyone who got up and ran for the exit. On the upper level, There was a concert goer who was standing on the window ledge of one of the windows on the outside, trying to stay out of sight. It was too far to climb or jump down, but he was out on the ledge and sort of hiding behind the wall, just trying to stay out of sight. One of the gunmen walks up to the window, grabs him and tells him to come with him. The third gunman finds a group of people who were hiding in between rows of seats on the upper balcony level, and he takes control of them as well. The gunman told him that if they cooperated, they wouldn't be killed. In total, 24 hostages were brought to the upper balcony. Once they were up on the upper balcony, the second gunman, looking over at the pit of bodies below, just started firing into it.
1: It's like disgusting.
0: According to the hostages, their reports of it, he was just having a great time. He thought it was very funny.
2: He probably was maniacally
1: laughing. (laughs) I I picture that. (laughs) No? Maybe.
0: He was having a good time.
1: I mean, how would we know?
2: We can't hear him over the fucking sound of the gunfire. Sorry. Sorry getting getting worked up swearing a lot this episode
0: i imagine it was very loud they described the smell as thick the smell of gunpowder it's quite thick yes and it's
2: it's sulfur so i mean it's you you know it when you know it uh we i don't know it it's like fireworks almost but a little more pungent
0: i have had the incredible privilege to never smell it And I've also had the incredible privilege of not being able to smell blood mixed with it, which these people do not have.
2: Large, large amounts of blood outside the body just smells like a bunch of pennies. Hot pennies. I've heard. It's really gross.
0: I bet. So at 10.02 p.m., 23 minutes after the first shot was fired outside the Bataclan, police arrived on the scene and stormed the theater right away. And by stormed, I mean two of them. The first two stormed the theater by themselves. Good for them. They saw the first gunman on the stage right away, and they fired at him. He fell to the floor, but he was not dead. He managed to detonate his explosive vest to distract the officers while the two gunmen above started firing at them. Very fortunately, both of the officers were able to escape the theater and wait for backup.
2: That had to have been a premeditated move on the assassin's part because how do you work together without communicating like
0: that? The hostages said that the two gunmen at the top, apparently, after the officers had left, they were chuckling and like, I don't know if they high fived, but basically, that kind of thing. And they're, he blew himself up. That was awesome. Did you see that? yeah fucking christ man this is their friend
1: but they're indoctrinated he's he's the lucky one to them he's the guy that got to be the the hero first we're coming we get to do our like as if he got there first before us you know yeah. it's indoctrination and it's scary it's it's uh, it's terrifying it's uh, this is the most dangerous people because they do not give a shit like celeste said about the dying so it is scary so you
2: think that they were like applauding to to their fallen friend here, not just like,
1: yeah, that was so cool. I think they were definitely going like he made oh, it. Good for him. He made it. He's in the next life as a better person with all his virgins or whatever the fuck they promised them. That's so much cringe.
0: And I'm sure it emboldens them too, you know? Even when you're in that situation, it's gotta be different than your training when you're actually there with your finger on the button, knowing. I've thought about blowing up lots of times, but now I'm actually going to do it. Actually seeing your friend do it, that would embolden you. It probably puffs their chests up for sure.
1: You have to remember, they think what they're doing is righteous. And what they're, what we are, or what the uh, people that they're killing are, are the bad people. So they're doing a favor. They're not being bad right now. They're being very good, right? It's... it's it, for us to see what's happening from our lens they're terrorists but from their lens we're the terrorists or the paris people are the terrorists and they're fighting for their country or for their beliefs or for their rights so that is a dangerous way to to... nobody thinks they're being evil hitler didn't think he was being evil he thought he was helping you know
0: did you guys see that did either of you watch black mirror yeah not the newest ones okay well do either of you remember the episode with the soldiers and they gave them the implants to make them see this
1: battle yeah yeah, yeah the the certain i don't even know what
0: it was it was just a different ethnicity of, of or a different nationality of people who all lived in the same place
1: yes I vaguely remember but
0: they turned them into they they made them see them as monsters even though they were just people it's like that, except these people don't even need to see them as physical monsters to be able to do it, mm-hmm. yeah, these are just other people,
2: you know, like uh, yeah, it was instilled in them, but like, were they inherently you know going to be killers?
0: who knows I think some of them it's self preservation, that's where you are, where do you? which side is the side that's most likely to live oh it's the side where i have to kill people well better them than me
1: no and nobody ever asks like why terrorists or whatever are doing what they're doing right no one ever like tries to f- solve that problem they always just go like they're terrorists end it and they do the same thing like the terrorists do the same thing to us the terrorists they just go like why they. so it's, it's a never-ending cycle and nobody will ever get along until we just go like okay let's stop and talk to each other and we'll get people got to give and take you it can't just be all what one side wants. it's never going to happen though we're two. we need to hate something we need aliens this is why i want aliens so we can hate aliens all right all together as one humanity we have to hate something yeah but uh, aliens would kick
0: our ass yeah
1: like i don't know i've seen independence day we won
0: independence day is propaganda made by the human (laughs) race
2: Stop spreading your human race propaganda, Richard, on this show. <laughs> yeah,
1: tally. Sorry, I didn't mean to be uh, xenophobic. My fault.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. So anyway, propaganda aside,
1: you elitist prick. <laughs> America. Oh, earth. Yeah, earth, earth, <laughs> earth.
2: <laughs> I would like to live on a ball of gas.
1: Milky Way, Milky Way, (laughs) Milky Way.
0: (laughs) One day we'll all be united Muslims, Christians, Catholics, Milky Way.
1: Yeah.
0: The only thing we believe in from here on out is the Milky Way. Hey, if we had an interstellar enemy, we'd be fine.
1: I agree. We'd
0: be fucked, though. They'd kick our ass. Just so we're clear
1: oh, for sure if they can make it here they're gonna smoke us
2: oh we're just a bunch of monkeys jumping on the bed to these aliens that's why they haven't made contact yet we're all gonna fall off and bump our heads i'm sure point. we're very
0: amusing to them
2: yeah they, they probably wrote that book <laughs> that's
0: their version of fucking et
1: <laughs> what are they mama
0: yeah, <laughs> they gotta
2: take care of shit constantly.
1: No more monkeys jumping on the bed.
2: We're jumping. <laughs> We're jumping in Paris right now. Oh, bad joke.
0: That would explain, though. That would explain why when people get abducted, they get probed. They went to the doctor and they checked their temperature. There you go. And no memory. The metaphor fits.
1: The, the thermometer doesn't. All right.
0: Okay. So the two remaining gunmen moved the hostages into a hallway at the back of the balcony that led to the stairs that went to the lower level emergency exits. At 10.07 p.m., one of the gunmen leaned out of an upper story window and started firing into apartment buildings surrounding the theater and at pedestrians in the streets. Uh, he did kill one man who was in his apartment watching TV.
1: Wow. All right, who trained you to get maximum fucking kills? Like you shooting into walls to kill one guy watching TV? Come on. There's a whole turnaround. around. There's cafes are all around you, man. You're the worst terrorist ever.
0: Well, this, it was a side window that looked into an alleyway. So it's just shooting across. I think the bigger question is there are. This is a mass shooting going on at the building next to you. And you're just watching TV.
1: It's no big <laughs> deal. Watching Watching the news, it unfolds. That's like around the block. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was deaf.
0: It's possible, I suppose. But but if it was on the news, I don't know how you miss it. Well, this, uh, you know, this took place over about 20 minutes. So this has been going on for 20 minutes.
2: That's not really long enough for the news to get there, you know?
1: Oh, they're guaranteed. They're there. Oh, guaranteed. It's downtown Paris uh with bombs going off there was fucking news cameras at the soccer game you would think they didn't just change their fucking direction to what was going oh yeah on the there was
0: coverage everywhere for yeah, sure crazy
1: coverage minutes in guaranteed
0: i don't know if i heard like right next door to me i think i'd probably just hide i wouldn't be like let's see what's on tv if you want to know just look out the window
1: what's even worse is probably the people just filming it with their phones being like looking at it through the phone as they're filming not really registering that it's actually happening right in front of them because there's so much cell phone footage that was sent to like anyways it's Twitter, crazy fucking yeah weird. all over the place
0: yeah but we're glad we have it now i mean
1: yeah no it's history it is what it is we need yeah
0: at this point journalism is irrelevant the people report on themselves yeah news sources get their their stories
2: from twitter these days mm-hmm. it's pretty weird Mm-hmm.
1: News is entertainment
2: now. No freelancing involved.
0: So at 10:15 p.m., the gunman lined up some of the hostages in front of the door. So this is the door that led into the hallway, and they did this to create a human shield from the police, and uh, also so that the, the hostages could report to the gunman what they could hear on the other side of the door. Uh, so the rest of the hostages were assigned to stand in front of the windows and then report to the gunman what is happening on the streets. So all of the hostages complied, uh, not necessarily believing that they would survive if they cooperated since both the terrorists had their fists wrapped around a detonator. I think they all assumed they're just waiting for the police to burst in here so that they can explode. But uh, they had convinced themselves that, you know, maybe the longer we can carry this out without getting shot the more likely it is some miracle will save us according to the hostages at at uh at one point police officers were walking past the windows at the side and they actually looked up and saw the hostages in the window and they shouted out up to them to say go home they were like what are you doing i go home go home they know that the theater is under fire do you think that they are there voluntarily
1: oh god that's,
2: that's just a relatively stupid idea to start with you know like huh i wonder why they're up there
0: and not down here with us yeah yeah and worse than that they didn't even tell anyone they didn't go and be like there's people up on the upper No, nope. nothing
2: neither did eagle creek manor french squaw the eagles of death metal thank you oh oh <laughs> they didn't say anything and they had microphones they could have done a lot of things in one second
0: been like hey it's a shooter bye well i mean the rest of the audience is facing that way so i mean yeah. but yeah they sort of gave themselves away what well, with the extremely loud bullets and stuff true you're right regardless i agree they were a bunch of bitches
1: they're rock stars okay they can't be hurt
0: okay settle down they're not rock stars They could have said something. At 10.30 p.m., 15 SWAT members, SWAT, SWAT members, entered the theater. Once they were inside, the theater literally erupted with the cries of the wounded. People who had been playing dead, you know, they're just as soon as they were in there, just a rush. it was silence before was what a
2: haunting experience for helpers
0: could you imagine going in and hearing nothing uh, to suddenly just all the survivors suddenly begging for help
1: i don't know if this was a story from the paris attacks or from a different one but there was like a mass shooting like that and one of the victims like she wasn't dead she pulled like a dead guy over top of her to survive so no one would think she and then after the whole thing was over she like went to that guy's like wife and like your husband saved me like it's such a she figured out who he was and like he became a part of her you know yeah and it was just dead dead guy saving her from i I don't know if that's from the paris or if that's from a different one but it's such a weird crazy story the things that you'll have to put yourself through in this kind of stress situations right Mm hmm Mm
0: -hmm. A lot of people said that they, they were soaked with strangers' blood from hiding underneath them. So the cries of the wounded, of course, alerted the shooters that the police were now inside. So the police asked anyone who could to stand up and put their hands on their heads. No one did. They were smart and scared let your scared guide you
2: because your scared is what's going to keep you safe it's 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 what our mind does to keep you safe
1: well I, i think it's a lot to do with like shock and being or have watching people get up earlier and just get shot from getting up you already have that in your brain like it's survival now it's like what they said with columbine the cops didn't go in for ages they went i think a 12 hours later or something before the cops went and raided and they would come into like rooms where kids would be barricaded they didn't know if the kid with any of those kids were the shooter so they said come on out with your hands up and not one of the fucking kids that were barricaded or the teachers or anyone would put their hands up they just stand there like you're finally here we're safe now you know it's just being under that much pressure and fear for so long that
0: that may have been a factor but you know for the people who talked about it it was just that we thought it was the terrorists. We thought that this was a, a, just another way because they were smart enough to pretend that the shooting was over, that this is just another way they're trying to get us to stand up, to get us to give ourselves away. That would have
2: been my instant thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so the the police don't trust anyone on the ground because it could be a, the terrorists just laying low. The, ter- the, the victims don't trust the police. It was... Ten- Tension, yeah. Tension. It, I couldn't imagine. All of the survivors are being treated this way. They're all being treated like the bad guy, too. You know, once the first guy stands up and doesn't die, the rest of them stand up, and then they're being marched out and they're being searched and and pushed and keep your hands on your head. And uh.
1: there's uh, you feel bad because like I'm not one. F- Anyways, the cops have a hard job here too because they don't know. But like all these guys are covered in their buddies' blood, and like they're all traumatized. You gotta, you gotta protect yourself too as the SWAT officer. So what do you do? Slowly walk everyone out. I know nobody, none of the people are gonna like it. They're victims in this whole thing, but what better than the fucking SWAT guy just shooting you because he thinks you're a terrorist? It's all know? they could do.
0: It sucks that this has this had to happen. Yeah. after
1: everything you've been through
0: so outside the theater a group of policemen started deconstructing metal barriers to use as stretchers to bring out the wounded which is absolutely brilliant in uh I, my mind was blown so many people in the in this whole thing the people work together and overcame is so inspiring uh, like I'm glad I already wrote this I'd be crying right now again all over again <laughs>
2: I just wish, I just, I just wish, you know, that, you know, other countries had the same. God, like we're trained for this in America when we're babies, you know what I'm saying? Like we're 10 years old learning how to do this and it's always evolving. It's always changing. And I wish, I mean, obviously you can't wish the past away, but um, I wish that, you know, when the when the gunshots stopped i wish that people would have rushed the gunmen just to take them out right then and there while they were at a vantage point for one minute you know but how would you know how would you know unless you were trained for it your entire life
1: yeah or how do you not like it's all nice to say but uh but i mean how do you know there's not a guy right behind them with a full clip yeah you don't know how many guys there are a school shooting's different right like usually you kind of know it's one person there can be multiple but usually it's one guy and you're in a room with one exit you know that makes a lot easier to just run and charge someone for sure but in this situation i wouldn't charge them fuck that even with training or not mm-hmm. you could get fucking shot um it's just there were
2: so many more of them you know I, but they didn't know it was a dark concert hall of course you can't
1: Yep. Who's the one that dies? Who's the guy that dies? That so we can get at this guy, right? Because you don't know if there's, they're both out of bullets or if there's even 10 guys.
2: And that's a personal right? choice that you're told to make, you know, when training in America, you know,
1: we do it yeah.
2: in large buildings. If you work there and things like that too. Yeah. And that's just a personal choice. It's not something they recommend like escape, escape, escape is number one. If you can get yeah. the fuck out, but yeah. if you can't hide if you can't hide fight yeah and that's like chucking that's like everybody just chucking things anything you can find at the shooter all at once because he can't react as fast as everyone's acting together at once yeah yeah
1: i think the feeling uh the feelings that you're getting have to do with the fact that like most of the time we deal with like the worst of humanity in this show. And this is actually showing the best and the worst at the same time as humanity. It's, it's actually getting to me a little bit too, uh, in a way that like, like terrorism and shit like that, uh, can be thrown, bantied about as both sides are doing it to each other, whatever. But I I look at this like civilians fighting soldiers. This is the way I'm looking at this situation. And the soldiers are just slaughtering civilians and the civilians aren't taking it. Like we're showing the best of humanity here. And it's super awesome to see because you, a lot of the time we're dealing with assholes who just kill their wives and shit like that, right? Like this, it's,
0: this is, this is actually amazing at every triage scene, the uninjured victims of the attack stayed. They didn't run. They helped the first responders, even the injured tried to help as much as they could. People with really serious injuries insisted to first responders that they were okay to help other people first. In fact, some victims unfortunately died because they did this when they should have taken help. And people who lived near the scenes, they actually, they came to offer help. They left their homes to offer help. People uh, near every, every scene brought blankets to cover the dead. The bodies couldn't be moved just when the first responders thought that they were starting to get control of a situation. Their radios would go off with a new attack and new injured and new dead and covering the dead was all that they could do. And so people were bringing blankets from their homes, knowing they're, these are just going to soak up blood.
2: This is just to provide dignity for someone else.
0: It's beautiful. Actually.
1: Also it, it, terrorism only works if you're scared okay so if you go out there solidarity fighting back in a you don't have to fight back with guns to fight back terrorism you just go back and be like i'm not scared of you i'm here to help i'm not gonna hide from this we're all gonna fight together it's the best way to fight terrorism is just not be scared of it and fight it that way absolutely uh, uh i i I respect all everyone that was in this, like immensely, everyone that uh, survived this, everyone that died from this, anyone that was affected. I respect a lot. I, I, I watched a lot of this when it was happening just because Eagles of death metal is one of my favorite bands. So I was like super interested to see if they died at first. That was my major thing. Are they fucking did they just get terrorists killed? And then I just I went down a rabbit hole the day of and then a couple days after and it was it was beautiful. Like the whole thing was so wow. Start to end. From the non-terror side. The other thing was completely ugly.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So at 1107, 15 more SWAT members arrived on the scene. So we've got 30 now. And they joined the first wave and proceeded up to the balcony. So they were under the impression at the time that the terrorists had left the theater when the shooting had stopped. Since no reports of hostages had happened elsewhere. They just left or exploded. So they they weren't expecting this. Once they got up to the top of the balcony, the gunman ordered one of the hostages to shout through the door to the police that if they opened the door, they would detonate their explosives and kill all the hostages. So uh, at this point, the gunman confiscated all of the cell phones from the hostages, uh, except for one who claimed that his was dead, but it was just turned off. And they told the hostages to give the police the phone number of one of the hostages. They picked one phone. This is going to be the phone we use to contact people. The police officer on the other end of the phone apparently had a very thick accent and the hostages could not understand a fucking thing. They couldn't understand each other. Oh, my God. While they're trying to give this person a phone number.
1: Going to let go the terrorist? You going to let go some uh, victim in there? Not Quebec French? Okay, wrong French. They were Southern <laughs> French, apparently.
0: But the hostage who was talking on behalf of the gunman could not fucking understand anything. And he's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die because this son of a bitch has a fucking accent. <laughs> I mean,
2: I'd be pissed too. Like, hand the phone to someone else
0: (laughs) yeah exactly get a different fucking cop who can understand apparently though the gunmans thought this was hilarious they thought it was so fucking funny they were just toying with these people
1: they they didn't think they were surviving this you know so they didn't care anymore let's make fun of the fucking asshole let's just buy a little bit more time Mm
0: -hmm. I think so too yeah Yeah. they thought it was just very entertaining so once they were in contact with the negotiator, the gunman demanded first that the police leave the theater. Just leave them alone. Uh, some reports say that they demanded a signed document promising that the French would leave all Muslim lands.
2: <laughs> it's not happening. It, it was not happening. Not
1: happening. Why even ask? It's a bye time. It's not a real demand. That's not a real demand. And if it is a real demand and it actually happened, they probably would have left and they probably would have been like, good. They knew it wasn't going to happen though. It's not like they were asking that seriously.
0: Yeah. So from that point on, the plan of action was based on the assumption that the gunmen are not going to surrender. They are not going to release any hostages. So the negotiator gave up on negotiation immediately. <laughs> and they decided to breach. With the approval of the higher ups in the police
1: force. Yeah, I think policy is to not give in to any terrorist demands anyway. So I don't. I think they just kind of wanted to feel them out and see what they're looking for. Anyway, I don't think that was. I think both sides of those conversation was just like spying on each other, basically like um, intel.
0: After I very ignorantly in one of the last episodes said that the government never negotiates with terrorists, it was annoyed. Um, someone actually educated me that after um shit. Now I can't remember which incident it was, some hostage situation. It was like Waco or something like that, but it wasn't Waco okay. where a bunch of hostages died. Um, the you oh my god. The United Nations. Thank you, Celeste. <laughs> the United Nations actually changed the policy that governments absolutely will if there is a very very imminent threat upon the hostages Mm -hmm. so obviously pulling all the french (laughs) out of various countries is it takes
2: time i'd take a lot of cheek swabs and blood tests and all sorts of shit Mm -hmm. to find them you know
1: they're just not gonna do the crazy like get them a helicopter and a visa to a different country and shit. They're not going to do that. They'll bring you lunch. They'll bring you, of course they'll do that kind of stuff. That's not what I mean. Like,
0: no, in this situation um, since then, they actually have uh, provided them with like escape vehicles and things like that, because there was a very reasonable belief that like potentially hundreds of hostages were going to die. They allowed them to escape and then they caught them later.
2: Well, yeah, they, obviously put a tracker in that somewhere
0: or something Something. yeah somebody educated me on that
1: recently i always wanted a cottage like a real cottage if you you
0: would like to conduct a hostage situation you may
1: don't recommend it though (laughs) (laughs) you're just about to give me the green light to do a hostage situation
0: Look, my professional advice is don't do it. <laughs> my personal advice, however, is um, don't do it. Okay. Don't do it.
1: I won't. I won't do it. I promise.
0: Please stop. Please stop rubbing your... Stop frottering.
1: I'm flicking my bean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're sick. Right in front of us. No class. Can we get through one episode... No. All right. Well, I tried.
1: Work refusal. Work refusal. Talking <laughs> HR. Strike.
0: Talking <laughs> to HR. You're in the right here.
1: Who's the HR department? I'm not allowed to uh, play with my cat in front of everyone. <laughs> Christy's the HR
0: department.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I
0: think my mom is the HR department. Yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> One that
0: would take it seriously. <laughs> For the love of God, stop talking about come. <sighs>
1: I haven't haven't said come in two episodes.
0: You fucked it up. Yeah, you just said it.
1: (laughs) All right, if I'm going to say it.
0: No. No. Like Richard's stamina, the breach took one minute and six seconds.
1: Uh.
0: (laughs) The joke's mine, fuckhead. So the police shot through the door once, fortunately missing all of the hostages. Wow. And I do mean fortunately. They were firing totally fucking blind. One in a million right there. It's a lot of people in a room. So uh, they fired the shot and then they began to break down the door. The hostages rushed away from the door to the other side of the hallway except for one. One of the hostages kept trying to keep the door shut. Which is really pissing off the other hostages but he's explained that he was sure. The terrorists were just waiting for them to breach the door to blow themselves up. He's like, I'm not ready. It's not gonna end this way.
2: So 23 other people could not convince one person to back away from the door.
0: Well, he did. Eventually. Oh, okay. They all got down on the ground, including his uh, partner, wife, girlfriend, whatever, who was there. Um, they were like, get the fuck on the ground. Yeah. Dude. This was also the hostage that they had assigned to do all of their like, negotiating and shit, too. So he kind of had a rapport a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, he got down to the ground. Finally, door bursts open. One of the gunmen immediately empties his clip into the shields of the SWAT team right over the heads of the hostages who are fortunately on the ground. Uh, One of the officers who was in front was uh, he was carrying a shield. He actually ended up tripping and dropping his shield onto one of the hostages and trapping her there. Oh, Oh, she wasn't hurt, though. Fortunately, no. Those things are heavy. Uh, they're about seventy kilos. Yeah,
2: I, I, I struggled to keep one up. When? Uh, I know a guy. Just leave it at that. I think.
0: <laughs> okay, so the SWAT team starts moving forward, and as they went, uh, they were stepping on top of the hostages the hostages were not super happy about and uh, leaving the one hostage that was stuck under the shield he dropped the shield and he was just like okay, it's fine, working, busy he'll come back for that later one of the gunmen took three of the hostages and headed down the stairs to the lower level and the police officers started throwing flash grenades into the hallway to get the terrorists to stop firing on them So the flash grenades fall amongst the hostages and they go off. Fortunately, again, none of the hostages are hurt or like directly in front of any of them. And once the area was sort of disoriented, they started pulling the hostages up off the floor, pulling them behind their shields to provide cover so that they could start running. The entire time leaving the one hostage stuck under the shield. Uh, So one of the last hostages to get out actually pushed his way back in past the SWAT team to lift the shield off the trapped hostage, which he did by himself.
1: Wow. 70 kilos the shields you said there?
0: Yeah. 70 to 80 kilograms.
1: Yeah. It's like 150 pounds. That's heavy as shit.
0: Yeah. This guy went full on fucking Incredible Hulk and saved this woman. And then he carried her out. Cool guy. Super young guy too. Very young. Did, did, they
2: ha- did they know each other? Or did he just know that she was the one not
0: accounted for? They just knew each other from being hostages. I think he was just observant. He, was, he yeah. was very aware of his surroundings. There was one guy who was having a particularly hard time. And he just went to this guy and was like holding his hand. He just knew that at that moment he needed it. Very just intuitive, young guy. Uh, based at like looking at him he looks like a metalhead you know those guys that just you can tell
2: but he is a huge empath
0: yes yeah you look at them they've got the long hair they obviously wear like concert t-shirts and stuff you just know that those are like the nicest dudes ever he was one of those
1: thick wiry bush
0: yeah yeah
2: oh man his heart probably hurt very very bad that day but he didn't stop. So that's it's pretty cool. Mad respect for that guy. I believe his name is David. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. How do you say thank you in French?
1: Merci beaucoup. Merci doo-doo. <laughs> Did I get it? No. Merci beaucoup. Beaucoup. Oh, cool.
0: Merci, butt cup. Merci, butt cup.
1: <laughs> there you go. You guys did it. You've offended all of our Quebec listeners now. Perfect. You're I like welcome. It. I don't like. Yeah. I
2: see Kuk I'll
1: keep giving you guys French lessons. That's kind of fun.
2: Yeah, oh, that was fun. I suck at it though. That's okay. I have a permanent retainer. Leave me alone. I'm just shit with languages. I can't retain them worth shit. I can't even retain English. <laughs> <laughs> Actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ten elves, <laughs> posh, posh posh, posh. So as the officers moved through the hallway, they noticed that several of the concert goers were hiding in a dressing room at the edge of the hall. They were so well hidden, the terrorists hadn't even noticed all the extra hostages they had. Sneaky, I like no. it. Yeah. So then the SWAT team obviously you yanked them out of there and they're like get out of here, damn kids. So the gunman who took the three hostages down to the lower level was waiting for the gunman on the upper level to detonate his device. Two of the hostages took the opportunity while the gunman was watching the top of the stairs to run. So the lower level was in complete darkness and they disappeared into the dark and they managed to escape because his weapon was fully out of ammunition. One of the hostages just stayed there. Fear. Fight. Fight, flight, or freeze.
2: So is there three levels to this building? Two. Two. There's, a, there's like the
0: lower level and then the balcony. Okay.
2: Yeah. And they breached on the balcony
0: or they breached on the lower level? The hostages were being held on the upper level behind a door. Okay. So that's the door they breached. Gotcha. Okay. So they went up to get them. They did, yes. Okay. Okay. There, there, there were no longer any survivors left on the lower level okay they had shipped them all out i mean already. not okay but i'm acknowledging that that's the fact so the the gunman on the upper level prepared to detonate his device and then the second gunman realizing he's going to be hit by the explosion ran leaving the hostage the one on the lower level left him there took off so the hostage took cover behind the and very fortunately for him the explosion moved upwards and not outwards so there was a lot of debris that went flying and falling but he wasn't actually in the blast itself so he was alive slightly wounded on the ground Uh, playing dead i don't know just laying there done just taking a nap
2: so stressed out just got to take a break
0: just i'm i'm No longer. I'm a rug now. Rugs don't have these problems. So the SWAT team continued moving forward after the explosion had passed, and they went down the stairs. And they see the gunman preparing his explosive device, and they were able to shoot him down before it went off. So he was not successful. The only one out of six strapped men, failed. But I. then that other guy I didn't kill anyone, anyway, just blew himself up. So, You can go count that as two failures. Two failures to deliver.
1: Well, it was a success because he's fucking dead.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on which side you're on. I don't
1: know. Uh, Piece of shit.
0: So, uh, the SWAT team quickly collected the remaining hostage, the one that's pretending to be a rug and they moved him out of the theater to get medical help. He was the only hostage out of all 24 who was even hurt. They all survived.
1: Huh. They keep pretending to be a rug while they're carrying him out? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh,
2: yeah. Like, now I'm just a magic flying rug.
0: They're dragging him off. He's going, please. I can show you the world. Singing Disney songs.
1: Yeah, I can show you the world.
2: I don't want to see it anymore.
1: (sighs) You look. Hey, I'm just going to say this. Drake Blevins. See what you get. This is them. They just trash me all the time. Good. You got your roast episode. Let's keep going. What the fuck did I do? Not yet. Nothing yet. I'm sure it's coming. Nobody did anything really that bad.
0: So you're being a little bitch.
1: There you go. See, it happened. (laughs) Well, don't be a little bitch then.
0: What am I supposed to do? So all of the hostages were out of the building at 1221 a.m. And no new attacks were coming in over the radio. It was done. Finally. They ended up clearing an additional 500 to 600 people who were hidden all over the building in the next couple of hours. In the ceilings, in the walls. Whoa! All hidden away like little mice in that that theater. Oh, my God. 500? Some of the hostages in the ceiling were there for, like, two hours after the attack ended. And they actually had to call and be like, someone coming to get us?
1: Oh, my God. That is crazy. Yeah, people,
0: man. People. They just started merging? No. None of them. None of them did. They all waited to be rescued. They were I'm not going. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I'd probably be like that too. Well, they're up there in the ceiling. What the fuck can they hear? Yeah, nothing. They don't yeah. know what's going on. So, uh, according to the reports from the police officers, first responders, people that were in and around the theater, the sound of cell phones was ceaseless. Yeah. They never stopped ringing. For hours after the attacks by the end of the attacks there were 130 dead and an additional 416 injured at the stade de france which was the sports stadium and the events cafe that's the original three the first three bombers four people died three of them were the suicide bombers 59 people were injured. 10 of those critically.
1: You figure being like out in public right outside of a stadium, they would have like succeeded more, you know, especially since nobody saw it really coming. I, I'm shocked that it's such a low body count. Honestly, I thought it would be much higher out there.
0: They picked these guys off the short bus. Like I don't, they just were not good at their job. Yeah. yeah why not just sit
2: in the seats? Uh- <laughs> I'll get into <laughs> okay.
0: Anyway. Shouldn't have said that. Should not have said that. At La How do you, how do you say it? La Carillon? La Carillon. La Carillon Cafe. Carillon. Thirteen were dead. Twenty two wounded, ten of them critically. At La Bon Belle Cafe, five were dead. Sixteen were wounded, eight of them critically. At La Belle Équipe Bistro, 19 were dead. 17 were wounded, 12 of them critically. 21 people eventually died from their injuries afterwards. That, by the way, is 75% of the seating capacity of the restaurant.
1: Yeah. Okay, well.
0: The owner lost his wife that night as well. Poor guy. At Comtois Voltaire one died which was the suicide bomber 16 people were wounded three of them critical and at the bataclan theater 82 dead three of them the terrorists 114 injured 56 of them critically 90 people ended up dying out of the 1500 people that were there many of the first responders knew the victims and didn't know that they would be coming across their bodies that night. And a 131st victim was claimed two years later when one of the survivors of the attack committed suicide due to severe PTSD.
1: Do we know? uh, Yeah, that's super sad. I was going to brush right over that, but that's not what I meant to do. Um, PTSD from just being a first responder there?
0: He wasn't a first responder. He
1: was a survivor. Oh, a survivor. Okay. Mm -hmm. Still PTSD from that entire thing would have been crazy. I'm sure there's plenty of people in therapy now from that, uh, mate.
2: I'm sure there's just any, any sort of little bang or, you know, like dropping a phone on a table or
0: something would set them off. Many of them spoke about hypervigilance, about how it's completely invaded their life since.
1: How many Anne Franks do we have? Do we know?
0: Are you talking about Jews? Are you asking me for the stats on Jews?
1: Sure, but no, but I was just asking how many people were in the roof on the ceiling. Do we know how many people were hiding up there?
0: Oh, well, like I said, 500 to 600 people were hidden
1: all over the place, but I I'm just
0: in the ceiling. uh, The one that I know about about 50.
1: Oh, fuck. That's crazy. 50 and Frank's. That's a that's a brilliant
2: hiding spot, too, because I feel like, you know, I don't I don't know how much like training these gunmen had, but they know not to go th- to like grab their attention. You know, they're not going to shoot upward because of stray bullets that could hit them in return. Yeah. So that's a brilliant that was brilliant, brilliant idea to climb up there. I would be like, fuck the rats that are
0: probably hanging out up there, but the know. group that was in the ceiling was that group of 50 that helped that lady into the false ceiling yeah oh, i see that's the one i know about there may have been more in the ceiling i don't know
1: it's interesting the ceiling thing's interesting to me because it's like it's such like a hard place to get to especially with that many people right like i don't know what the ceiling looks like but if, if you're on rafters and shit like that's hard that's fucking That's a workout and a half
2: mm-hmm. holding yourself
1: yeah just even just sitting up there would be heavy yeah
2: I mean, could you imagine the heavy lady sitting up there for hours and
0: hours and hours? From what I understand, because it's a theater and there is like such an intricate lighting system and stuff, there is actually a concrete walkway in the ceiling.
1: Like a catwalk. Okay. That can, yeah, yeah,
0: people can move in, but it's shielded. There's like the ceiling and then a way to get up into this, this area that has this concrete area where people can work on the lighting. So it's, 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 it's invisible unless you are in it.
2: Invisible and secure. Mm-hmm. Like I was kind of worried about the whole thing caving in because there's 50 fricking human bodies up there. That's a lot of weight yeah. for, nope. you know, these fault. you know, man, I can't even imagine. I want to know what that, ro- that little room looks like.
1: 130 people. eh? overall, of over yes. all the places
2: over the course of what? Four hours, three hours, about three. Yeah, man, they suck.
1: Is that the biggest uh, terrorist attack on uh, Parisian soil ever? Do you know?
0: As far as I know, yes. That's
1: fucking crazy. I, I, I don't want to even think about the fear that these guys had to go through. And
0: Well, I'm not done.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: I'm done with the attacks.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, Jesus. There's
0: that be- is the end. That is all the victims. They didn't find the bomber in the freaking ceiling. That's correct we do have some missing bad dudes as it stands in the story the attacks were carried out by three groups of jihadist terrorists which we've established already so witnesses say during the attacks the men could be heard shouting you killed our brothers in syria and allahu akbar Which, from what I understand, is like a a chant or something or like a a praise.
1: Allahu Akbar. It means God is most great.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what they were shouting. And you killed our brothers in Syria. So the first group was meant to attack the stadium. The plan was that one gained entry and then that man would like once one of them got inside, the other two would stay outside. So once that person was in, he would detonate his device inside, and then the others would wait in front of the exits for the stampede of people trying to escape, and they would detonate their devices there. The second team were the three gunmen that attacked the restaurants, and the third team attacked the theater. Most of the perpetrators were homegrown domestic terrorists born in Europe and trained in Syria. Two of them were Iraqi, though. All of the gunmen carried AK-47s, which the French people refer to as Kalashnikovs because the rifle was designed by a man named Mikhail Kalashnikov in Russia. So as Tally knows, actually, I think Tally could probably give us a pretty good education on these weapons. AK-47s are the,
2: are like the soldier guns. So they're what you see army men with. Um, obviously the 47 means I can hold 47 rounds in what we call a banana clip because it's curved like a banana. I'd say they're probably a good 20 pounds each loaded with metal. Um, and did you say they were automatic?
0: Yes, they, they were fully automatic.
2: Okay. So that means all they had to do was hold that trigger down and it was going.
0: And could you tell us what these weapons are designed for? These
2: weapons are designed for assaulting the enemy, it means to kill. Kill what? The enemy. Which is? Humans.
0: Always.
1: Yeah, and they're very popular in little countries and stuff because they're so old. They're easy to fix. They're easy to clean. They're, uh, they're just easy to use. They're very common guns that are everywhere, especially in little like our country, like Canada and the U.S. probably use a little bit more advanced weaponry, but like any little country with the old World War II style Russian rifles will all be using these old AKs.
0: Because they are fully automatic, though, they are illegal almost everywhere in Europe, Australia and North America.
2: Minus the military, it's illegal. Yeah, yeah. And like our military has them welded into helicopters so that they can just fire at will.
0: I'd hate to be Will. Ha! Are you mocking me? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's my highest praise. That means you made a funny.
1: Oh, I, okay. I did.
0: I got a few of those. <laughs> you know, I wanted to talk about this because it is an international case. But I do tend to try to stick with cases that I have that I believe has the unethical hook. And for me... What that is in this is that intelligence sectors were aware that a large-scale attack was being planned on European soil, and several, if not all, of these attackers were on the list of known radicals. And I'll talk a little bit more about that after, but we'll get into who these men were. The leader of this attack, his name was Abdelhamid Abaoud. He was part of a Brussels ISIL terror cell in Belgium, ISIL, I-S-I-L. He had been raised in a Catholic school in Belgium before converting to Islam while he was in prison. He was known to Belgian authorities who had raided his apartment and found extremist propaganda after he had traveled to Syria. After he traveled to Syria, he became a recruiter for the jihad. And despite being on a terrorist watch list, he managed to leave Belgium and enter Europe. While he was there, he abducted his younger brother and took him to Syria where he was forced to join ISIS. In January of 2015, less than a year before the attack, Belgian authorities had found evidence of a terrorist attack being planned in Belgium and they proved it was spearheaded by Abdul Hamid. And he was in Greece at the time. He managed to escape Greece again back to Syria before he could be arrested. The following month, he was featured in the ISIS propaganda magazine bragging about his ability to move freely through Europe and claiming that he was planning several terrorist attacks throughout Europe. In the months leading up to the attack, three terrorists were arrested near Paris, all claiming that they had been sent by Abdelhamid to carry out small attacks on churches, trains, and theaters. Fortunately, each of these men were taken down before they could hurt anyone and they all confessed that they were working for Abdelhamid. hamid so regardless as his status of one of the most wanted terrorists in europe he managed to plan and execute the paris the paris attacks without a hitch okay. and he recruited his little brother right off right out of the bat he he went home to where he was raised and he kidnapped his younger brother
2: That is, that is like one of the biggest power plays that I think anybody could choose because there you have somebody who will vet you through and through. And if they don't, if they come across a question that they can't answer, they're going to make it up. And then you already have it corroborated because you're so, they're already so, I don't want to say bound together, but you know, culturally they are bound together that, It probably doesn't even need to be rehearsed. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just like, this is what we're doing. Little brother goes, I love you. I adore you. And I'm going to do what you say.
0: There is that factor. And then there's also the factor of rescuing him from his, his, I think it was just his father, but it might've been both his parents who raised them Catholic. Uh, Two of the other terrorists were two brothers named Salah and Brahim Abdislam. They were also on a radicalized list in Belgium, but their names weren't shared internationally. It was known by the authorities that they had been friends with Abdelhamid since childhood and that they had served time with him in prison and that they had been recruited into ISIS by him. But none of these raised their status at any point, even when Abdelhamid was was slotted as one of the most wanted.
2: So no, no deterrence was brought to them. No, we're gonna add more time.
0: They served time in prison for theft. Being involved in in being radicalized in and of itself is a crime. Okay. So, uh, so these two brothers served as his lieutenants in the months before the attack. One of the brothers, uh, I believe it was, I believe it was Salah i might be wrong um traveled all over europe freely and back and forth from syria while preparing for the paris attacks in those travels he picked up two men who were masquerading as refugees in hungary he also bought a large supply of detonators from a fireworks store and he rented three black vehicles all in his own name and he rented a house in paris without raising any alarms Just to be clear, though, they could do all of this, but they couldn't get tickets to the soccer game.
1: Uh Yeah, I I, when you said without a hitch, I guarantee there was lots of hitches. (laughs) They just did pretty good for what they thought.
0: I mean, without any kind of government interception, they they had no idea what was going on.
1: That makes more sense. Okay, yeah, sure. So they didn't get soccer tickets. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, they did all this, but they couldn't they for like. Did we get tickets? Fuck, we forgot tickets.
1: We'll just be able to buy some. It's only France versus Germany. Nobody likes to watch German soccer players anyway. That joke is for Mike Huck. When you listen to it, you're going to get mad at me at work.
0: You know a guy named Mike Huck?
1: Mike (laughs) Huck? Mike Mike (laughs) Huck? Huck. Huck. Yeah, Yeah. he's going to come on the show one day too. He loves the show. Perfect. Mike Huck.
0: I wish his last name was Hunt. I wish his last name was Litterous. (laughs) (laughs)
1: because <laughs> <My glitter.
0: laughs> clits <laughs> Yeah, because
2: yeah, Finally, a man who knows what that is.
1: No. <laughs> it's a little little guy on the boat.
2: <laughs> I don't have a mirror, so I don't know.
1: I don't like it cuz it's true. too. That
0: is that's dirty. We don't talk about that.
1: Toot, toot.
2: No. No. That means you're doing something wrong.
0: Let <laughs> me slow your roll. Yeah. Okay. So, Abdelhamid Brahim, so that's the leader and one of the brothers, and a third man, Chakib Akru, they were the three gunmen who were attacking the cafes. Brahim was the man who blew himself up in La, La Comtois Voltaire. And uh, that was, by the way, the man that the stunned patron was trying to save. Was Brahim, the terrorists who attacked the theater were local French terrorists. They were very well known to police. Uh, Foued Agad, uh, Ismail Omar Mustafai, Musta- Mustafai, M- and Sami Ami Moore. And uh, Sami was a former Paris bus driver who was placed under judicial control for his extremist beliefs, but managed to escape into Syria and then return back to Paris, totally unnoticed. I mean, how?
1: Mass. uh, I'm going to say it's probably mass immigration. Uh, Syria was a big fucking deal at the time. And he probably slipped in through with all the immigrants. Uh, Europe got smashed a lot by all the Syrian refugees. So
0: you might be onto something.
1: Yeah. It's my guess from the whole that time of the anyways.
0: So the other three men, one Belgian man and two Arabic brothers are to this day unidentified. They don't know who these guys were. They're the three men who attempted to enter the stadium without tickets and failed. So with them originally was Salah Abdeslam, one of Abdelhamid's lieutenants, one of the brothers. After he dropped the three men off at the stadium, Salah went to another cafe. His rental car was found parked illegally on the crosswalk outside of this cafe. And it was believed that he was supposed to attack this cafe, but either his vest malfunction or he chickened out and he escaped he left france the following morning back to belgium and then by the time police had linked the vehicles in paris to him by the way they did all of this with like their passports they didn't have fake ids or anything they they were using their real names um yeah he 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 went through three roadblocks to get out of paris never stopped like he, he was stopped he showed them his passport and they just let him go i can't even get into canada like this well is- you're a cr- you're a criminal there's the difference
1: but th- did these guys do any crimes before this like did they even have criminal records why would they be scared
0: they met each
2: other
1: in jail for theft but i mean like a felony or something or how big was the theft was it like
0: i don't have a felony well they serve time in prison for it
1: huh okay well it's big enough then yeah for sure
0: i didn't even go to jail
1: richard okay <laughs>
0: Uh, There was also supposed to be a fourth group of men carrying out attacks, but two of them were arrested before the attacks. So that didn't happen, fortunately. Uh, I think these were the two men that um, one of the brothers picked up in Hungary that were arrested. So um, Salah, the brother who who escaped without doing any damage at all. He was eventually arrested in March of 2016 in the Molenbeek area of Brussels, where he and his departed brother had once ran a bar that was frequented by drug traffickers. And he was arrested during an anti-terrorism raid where he was shot in the leg. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison for his part in the shootout with the police. And uh, I have good news. He is the only surviving terrorist from the attack. With any luck, more charges will be brought against him eventually, and he will never get out. As it stands, it's just the 20 years.
1: That's fucking so lame. There's guys in jail for weed that's longer than that. Mm-hmm.
0: At the moment, he's only sentenced to 20 years for his part in the Brussels attack. Abdelhamid and Shakib, those are the two survivors from the cafe shootings. They remained in Paris after the attacks. They actually went out among the morning crowds the following day, back to the places that they'd attacked to survey the damage. They walked among them.
1: Bought a baguette, had a normal morning. Mm
0: -hmm. Some tea.
1: Croissants. Yeah. Tea.
0: Four days after the attacks, uh, police followed a cousin of Abdelhamid's to an apartment in Paris where they saw her talking to him. Uh, him and Chik- Shaqib, they, they confirmed they were both there. The police raided the apartment the following day. And after a shootout, Shakib detonated his vest, killing himself and Abdul Hamid. Good. Uh, allegedly, they were in the process of planning more terrorist attacks on schools from that location.
1: Has that happened yet? Like, has it happened where terrorists went for, like, fucking high school or something?
2: It's called Columbine.
1: Yeah, that's, I meant like foreign terrorists. Not oh. domestic.
0: <laughs> I suppose America is the only one that has that issue. Fuck. In the Middle East, it has many times.
1: Uh, interesting.
2: How dare they? When kids are just doing their goddamn due
1: diligence. They have no opinion on your, uh, on any type of like, politics or religion yet they have zero opinion you you would jam it in there like
2: killing them is changing nothing killing children is not changing the course
1: all it's doing is making us hate you more like making the victims hate the terrorists more because i shouldn't say us and them because that's not what i mean but (laughs) we yeah we get you it's
0: (laughs) the situation over there is either you die a child or you live long enough to become the guy that kills children that's just the situation over there Something's got to give. I don't know. Over 100 people ended up being arrested for involvement in the planning of the Paris terrorist attacks. Many people believe that the government failed Paris by allowing the free travel of known extremists throughout Europe. As I said, none of these men even had to carry fake identification to move around or make suspicious purchases or rent vehicles.
2: Yeah, I think that's a poor uh deterrence you know in uh public records that should have been visible to anyone and everyone who came across those names
0: the government attributed the free movement of these terrorists to the immigration crisis in europe at the time where droves of syrian refugees were being speedily rushed across borders without background checks and they essentially laid out a red carpet for terrorists. Who were trained in Syria,
1: and they cracked down the hardcore after this. To and they started having like refugee camps and shit. Like Calais was really bad, and there, there was a couple of really really bad ones, and and I, I don't know which one's worse. Okay, I, and I get everyone's want for them to be mad at the government because the terrorists killed a couple people, like 140 people, 130 people, uh, but like. There were so many other refugees that just needed help. And it was six people out of millions, millions that were getting help. Okay. Uh, to to, to attribute like it to an immigration problem or a refugee problem is, is lazy. It really is. It's your guy's problem. The government's problem for not flagging these specific assholes and watching them better. That's what it should have been in my opinion don't blame the fucking refugees they're just trying to get out of a shitty ass situation
0: the same thing happened here after i don't know if you remember but we were letting syrian refugees freely you know we were speeding them through but we didn't stop after canada we didn't crack down after we just kept letting them come through at the rate that they were coming through and everyone here was so scared that a terrorist attack was coming because we were like how could we possibly keep them out
1: yeah, we we took twenty five thousand a year for the past I don't know how many years now, mm-hmm. um, but but we need to. It's not even like it's a business decision for our country. Like we don't have the people to work the jobs that need to be worked with the boomers getting old. So uh, it's calculated. It's not uh, like everyone always goes like the refugees are coming. We're doing this on purpose. We want them here. We want them to work McDonald's cheap and labor. The, it's not cheap labor yet. Yeah, it's just labor that people don't want to do.
2: And COVID probably played a huge role in a lot of that now because now they all have jobs.
1: I think I, I have a I feel bad for these guys sometimes. Not that they because they did terrible shit, but we all think we're doing amazing shit, too. And who knows how, how my lifestyle is affecting someone on the other side of the world. I, I get to eat food every day. I get to have a house over my head, like a roof over my head. I get to have my kids with me every day. My kids get educated. I get healthcare. I have dentists that live nearby. I I have it made over here. Yeah. But for me to live this lifestyle, does that affect like how somebody else has to live on the other side of the world so we can maintain my lavish in reality over a human history? I live like a king did 500 years ago, you know? like i i live a very fucking term life compared to these people so i don't know i I don't know what the 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 help is for this is it uh, give up what i have so they can have more
2: yeah and see i'm not talking from a canadian viewpoint we we like our fucking freedoms and we're not letting anyone take it
1: that's all i know murka murka
0: guys thanks so much for listening head on over to our facebook and instagram to join in the conversations about all things unethical just search unethical podcast you can also find us on patreon where you can get access to all of our super awesome content uncut videos of our discussions and early release of all the episodes we are adding fun stuff all the time so you should definitely come and check it out thanks again we appreciate all of you
1: ba ba ba